Hello and welcome to the Slow Home Podcast. My name is Brooke McCallery. And my name is Ben McCallery. Welcome back. Thanks. Welcome back to Slow Home Podcast. How long's it been? Yep. Uh, it's been a while. Like... Nine months? Nine to ten months. Yep. How does it feel to be back? I'm nervous. I'm excited. I've for a couple of months wanted to do a podcast, a slow home podcast. I've been doing a lot of other podcasts, but it's so great to be back doing the slow home podcast. I've really missed it. I've missed this, talking to you with two two microphones in front of us. (laughs) I've missed the awkward banter, (laughs) the silent laughs, and all the edited stuff that's not included in the finished product. It's where we sound a little bit mad at each other. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I've enjoyed missed, that. Missed that particularly. Uh, no, I, I am excited to be back, but by nervous, I guess I mean I feel I feel really crappy about the fact that the podcast just kind of disappeared from feeds last year. After five years. Yeah, and we've always been like fairly good at communicating our intentions and there've been there's been times over the last few years where we've stepped back for our own mental health and but we always kind of tell people yes we manage their expectations yeah and i i'm in a conflicted place i guess you could say because it was very 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 necessary for mm. me and you mm. to step back when we did and we tried to come back and record an update and to record other episodes and Every time we did, I ended up sick and like in tears. And anyway, that's jumping the gun. Not very nice listening. But anyway, look, it's so good to have you back. It's so good to have me back. It's so good to have (laughs) (laughs) listeners back. And um, yeah, this is going to be a good old hostful where we're just going to update everyone on basically what's happened over the last nine to ten months. Mm Mm-hmm what's happening now in our lives, and what's happening in the future. Roll the tape. (laughs) So at the end of last season, the last season of the podcast, we did say that we'll be releasing episodes sporadically, (laughs) and this is really stretching that definition. (laughs) So tell me a little bit about the last time we spoke to listeners was back in May 2020. What's happened since then? Yeah, not a lot. It's been pretty quiet. Um, not an eventful year globally or anything. No, I I think by the time I recorded the final episode that aired, which was with Kevin Janks from Centered Meditation, uh, I was still I was working on my book. Mm-hmm. We were in lockdown, um, and the podcast season really focused on kind of life in the time of COVID, you know, yeah. and how how some of the tools that we've discovered and, and adopted ourselves, you know, slow living tools, were able to help us during those, particularly those early months of COVID and lockdowns and all the changes that that, that all brought. Um, and it was great and it felt helpful and it felt, I felt useful and it felt positive and I felt like I was giving something of value and worth. Um, But at the same time, I was also trying to write the final 
complete draft, like, you know, the, ver- the, the shape of my book, which mm-hmm. was due, the deadline was like the end of May. And so I was really kind of digging deep with that, digging deep with the podcast. Kids were in remote school. You'd gone through massive changes with your work. And it was just a very stressful time. Um, and I say that knowing that my version of a stressful time in 2020 is different to a lot of people's versions of a stressful time in 2020. And I've grappled a lot with guilt around that all year. But it was difficult and it was stressful. And I ended up just burning all the way out. So that last few weeks after I recorded the final episode of the podcast, I just worked insane hours while you ran the entire show with everything, kids, home, school, everything. Uh, And I handed the book in at the end of May and I just, like I collapsed. Mm. I got really sick. So tell me about that sickness. What did you... What actually happened? Oh, I, to be perfectly honest, I can't remember a lot of it. Hmm. Like, I can't really remember June and July at all. I was beyond exhausted. Like, I would get up, help, like, get the kids breakfast or whatever, and then I'd lay down for hours and not do anything. I'd just lay there. And I was in constant pain from the top of my head to the tip of my toes. My brain just didn't work properly it was I had all sorts of brain fog and COVID cloud sure I mean it was definitely part of that and I know Mm. a lot of people have had that sort of cognitive overload for the last 12 months where there's just so much information about so many things to take in that you start to really lose clarity but I also was experiencing I look at it now and recognize that that's what this was but I was very depressed Mm -hmm. like my depression was probably as bad as it's ever been Mm. and I didn't want that to be the case so I I I sat on it for it's almost like you didn't believe that it was happening because I didn't want it to Yeah. yeah but like I said earlier I think I was quite conflicted like how what right do I have to be feeling so low and sick and depressed when on the whole in Australia, we have had a much more fortunate experience with COVID. Yes, we locked down once in New South Wales, Victorians locked down three times and I don't know how they did it. Uh, You know, people in other parts of the world have had far, far longer and far harsher experiences. Mm. So I kind of felt like I had no right to be feeling the way that I did. And that made it way worse. (laughs) I didn't just sort of say, okay, Let's sit in these feelings. Let's talk to someone. Let's be honest with Ben. Let's go and see my doctor. Let's do... I didn't. It was just like this horrible sort of like pit that I sat in. So that was in June and July. Yeah. And so what got you out of that state? It's really funny. (laughs) Hilarious. Um, No, it's (laughs) it's actually really interesting to me to look back at it now and see that it was to a certain extent, the book that I wrote. I didn't mean for that to be the case when I wrote it, but there are things in that book that I subconsciously was adapting into my day that helped enormously. Um, And it was uh, like little by little, I came to realize that I was not okay. Mm. And it was talking to you. It was going to see my GP. It was starting to see a psychologist again. Um, it's, you know, and this is kind of a 
a process of months. This is not just all happening in a week or something, but, uh, you know, starting to take antidepressants again, which I'm still taking and just acknowledging that I'm, I've been struggling while also acknowledging that other people can have different struggles and, you know, I can hold space for both. Both can be true at the same time. Um, it's not a comparison game. Uh, and I think that helped starting to talk to my psychologist helped, you know, starting to focus on my health in a different way helped. I'm still investigating what's going on health wise, because unfortunately I'm still not feeling anywhere near what I was 12 months ago, health wise. Um, physically and mentally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mentally I'm definitely better. And I feel like the tools that I'm using really help with my mental health mm -hmm. um, and my physical health to a certain extent. They like, they're, of course they're intertwined, yep. but there is something else going on physical health wise that we haven't cracked yet. Mm. So, Can I ask just a question and it, cause it puts it in perspective for me because I knew, so knowing the mental health issues you had postpartum with mm -hmm. our second child and how that was like tr almost traumatic experience. Mm -hmm. How did the episode of last year compare to that and I know you don't like to compare things but just for me to be able to process it how did it compare how did it sort of rate I guess I think the difference was that I had language around it this time like when I started getting really really dark and if anyone listening is in a kind of dark place just you know forewarning that I'm kind of talking about depression here and and my experience of it so yeah when I started to think about dying and that kind of thing. Um, I, I think I at least had that experience of 10 years ago to fall back on and I didn't have to start at square one. How do you compare? I don't know. Um, but I was in a very similar place, mm -hmm. depression wise, deeper in some ways, not as deep in others and found myself back at where I was at my worst, um, with the postnatal depression. But the thing that I think, like I said, was different was that I could say, hmm, this is disturbingly familiar. Yeah. And, you know, I was able to recognize that earlier, not to say that I spoke to you as soon as I felt that, um, but I did speak to you. So, hmm. yeah, it's, I didn't ever want to find myself back there. No, I, I didn't did. want to either. No. So tell me, at the end of 10 years ago, when you had postpartum depression, you found slow living and you found minimalism and decluttering and that was sort of like your path. What were the, were there any other, what solutions did you come to this time around and are they significant, as significant as what sort of minimalism and slow living was 10 years ago? Very good question. <laughs> I've had nine months to practice. <laughs> and here you are saying you're just going to wing it. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's been really challenging I think for me to okay so here's the funny thing beginning of 2020 you and I started the year saying this year we're going to focus on our health and the hilarious thing is we did but just not in the way that we ever wanted to and every year we'd kind of had different you and I had had different words or phrases that sum up what we wanted a year to yeah. kind of center on I think the main difference, the main strategy, solution, whatever you want to call it, that is working for me at the moment is not having anything like that. Like I didn't start this year with a phrase or a goal or an end point in mind, even though I knew that there are 
great things coming this year. Mm. Um, last year taught me that we don't know much. <laughs> we really don't. No. We don't know what's coming. And having goals and plans is wonderful and helpful and motivating and allows you to achieve things and they can inspire you. But if you hold too too tightly to them, they can become really constrictive. So for me, a lot of what I'm doing now, and I'm experimenting with heaps of different strategies that are helping, I'm trying not to hold on too rigidly to any of them and understanding in like a radical kind of way, I guess, that having no control over the greater movements of the world mm. uh, is an invitation to be softer and to go with sort of the, the momentum and the seasons, I guess, to use a cliche, like life is seasonal and years are seasonal and days can be like that too. And sort of just tapping into my intuition around that sort of stuff, you know, and then when I'm looking at specific solutions, like for example, with my health at the moment, there's a few things that I know work for me and they're working for me now. Not to say they're going to work for me in a year or in a month, but they're working for me now. So when I find something, I'm like, how do I, instead of overcomplicating it like I used to and making it this big thing with a routine attached to it or, you know, some fancy rhythm or something that, that makes me feel like I'm ticking all the self-care boxes. I'm like, what is the thing that I can do that is this thing, this specific solution, but in its simplest, most flexible form? So rather than saying I'm going to get up every morning and do 20 minutes of yoga and then meditate to insight timer for 15 minutes and then journal stream of consciousness style for three pages. I have a list of things that I like to get done throughout the day at some point and they are write something like anything. I could write a two line poem and that's something and it gets a tick move. So that could be a yoga with Adrian video or it could be walking the dogs or it could be going to the gym or it could be squat like doing squats when I'm hanging the clothes on the line like that's moving mm -hmm. drink more water doesn't matter how much it is just drink a little bit more water you know and kind of really stripping stuff down to the very essence and that has been quite liberating I think because a I don't get bogged down in whether something gets a pass or a fail and b I feel better yeah you know? So, so I think there's a lot of similarities between that and the first steps of that you took when you were decluttering is declutter the drawer in your entryway true. and declutter your handbag. So, yeah. so those first small steps that then create these rhythms that, I, mean, I don't know, you don't even know what it's going to be yet. Mm. But um, yeah, interesting. Yeah. One of the other big things that is helping me, and if you follow me on Instagram, I did mention it briefly a few weeks ago. I've stopped drinking. I haven't had a drink since like November and I've been... And boy, are you thirsty. Boy, <laughs> hence the drink more water. <laughs> I've been surprised at how uh, impactful that change has been actually. And like with everything, I'm not um, stressing about the parameters of that experiment. Just know that at this point, it makes me feel so much better. So... So you started not to drink. You started not to drink. Um, so you, you you base that decision on just the health and me like medication that you were yeah, taking. Yeah, so too, I started taking yeah. some pretty hectic medications back in uh, November, a, yep. a few different ones, and they were all necessary. The advice that I had read, like I went and – so I think I was looking for a reason, to be perfectly honest, 
um, the advice that I found online was you probably shouldn't be uh, combining any of these medications with alcohol. And you know when you see that medic like those war- warnings on medication, yeah. you're like, oh, just no, I'd, I'll just have one or two. Yeah. You had a sip and you got this reaction. I to got it. really sick. Yeah. Yeah. Like really sick. So I had been looking for a reason to stop drinking, and I, this was as good as any because these medications were really kind of putting a strain on my body, different parts of my body, liver and kidneys and stuff. Why would I add to that when I've been, I spent the whole year feeling so shitty. Why would I make my body have to work harder to feel better? And I was super nervous. I'm not going to lie. It's been a part of my whole like adulthood, part of my identity. You know, Brooke loves to have a drink. I, it's in my eulogy. Like, oh, yeah. You know, old fashions. Old fashions. Yeah. Of course. Um, so I've gone full circle on that, right? Because when I wrote my eulogy, which is in slow, I didn't even drink old fashions. <laughs> and then I started because it was in my eulogy. <laughs> and now I don't anymore. So, yeah, I, w- I was really nervous. But I think the thing that I found was having that reason and having that very clear reason for not drinking uh, has made it uh, a simpler experiment not easier simpler yeah Yeah. i I would totally agree with that yeah i mean that was just that was before christmas and holidays and all that kind of stuff before i'd finished my book and you know usually you and i if i did if we achieved something we'd sit down and have a drink and celebrate yeah you know i didn't do that So so these new habits that are forming yeah which are really interesting and i feel like there's been a lot since yes since around november i think when I actually did start to feel a semblance of better exactly. with the medication, because up up until then it, you didn't, mm-hmm. and and you weren't you weren't there. No, I wasn't there. Fast forward to now. What's happening in your life right now? I'm feeling better. I am definitely feeling better. Let me say that from the outset, and I'm so grateful. Uh, I'm still dealing with pain. I'm still taking medication, and we've tweaked that and got appointments coming up and all that kind of stuff. So I'm still digging, uh, but I am certainly feeling better. We don't have a reason yet, though. And what I've discovered about myself this year and last year Mm. is that having a reason and making a choice is really important to me. For example? I know that the things I'm doing at the moment are helping me to feel better. I still don't know why I felt bad in the first place, though. Like, I don't know the reason. And that's, that's a bit of a head trip for me, I've realized. I'd really like to know. That might not change anything that I do, but to mm. have that kind of touch point to go, this is a thing and this is, you know, for someone who doesn't like labeling stuff, it's really interesting to me to go, I'd really like to know what this is. And maybe that's me trying to control stuff. I don't know. Mm. But I've also realized that I am quite rebellious in my motivation to do things or like my productivity all the stuff that people say, like, make yourself publicly accountable. And that does not work for me. If I make myself publicly accountable, I'll run away and go, I don't ever want to do that thing ever again. Or if I get you to tell me to do it, I'll be like, don't tell me what to do. Go away, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> What's your personality type again on the My Bricks? Pain in the ass, I think, is the official term. I'm an introverted pain in the ass. Oh, the old P-A-I-N. Yeah, I-P-I-A. So that has help like recognizing that has really helped me to figure out how to get stuff done because I'm like I won't tell myself to do it 
I won't get someone else to tell me to do it. I won't shame myself into doing it. I need to know why I'm doing it. And then every day I need to make a choice to do it. And it, that has helped a lot. So I think that is reflective of the changes I've made since November and also reflective of where I'm at now, which was your actual question. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and where I'm at now is I'm really, I'm feel, I feel really cautious. Like I have been... Cautiously optimistic? Yeah. Yes, definitely. I have had this kind of sense of impending excitement, which is weird. And I don't know if that's like my antidepressants working and you know, making me feel normal. <laughs> I don't know. This Can is I get one venture. of those? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Speak to your doctor though first. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know if like that's just me normalizing or if it's optimism or, you know, but at the same time, I'm so painfully aware of how hard I fell and burnt out last year and how long it has taken me to get back to here that all of this energy is like bubbling away in me but I'm like Brooke don't do too much just you know go with what your day allows you to do so some days I have lots of energy and I can spend the day in the garden and then the next day I'm you know wiped for the whole day I can do the bare minimum uh, and that's I'm finding that really challenging to be super flexible and fluid in my expectations of myself. Mm. It's like, I don't like it. I don't like to have to do that. But, uh, you know, I guess it's a different version of slow as well. You know, taking those ideas, like you said, that I started with and turning them up to 11 and applying them to different parts of life than I would have normally. But the book's done. The book's done. The book's done. So that is a concrete thing that I can say. I handed the final pages back in February, maybe mid-February. It's looking absolutely beautiful. I'm, I cried when I saw it. You did, yeah. yeah. And it's not the book I set out to write. And I don't think it could have been the book that I set out to write because I was learning so much along with everyone else in the world at the same time that I was writing it. So I'm... I've yeah. never known someone to have to rewrite so many things before yeah. because of just everything. Mm, I kind of rewrote most parts of it at least twice. Yeah. Which yeah. So like that wasn't like the funnest part of 2020. So what's it called? I don't know if I'm allowed to say yet. Okay. Yeah. So let's not say it. I don't, I don't know. But the big reveal is not too far it's away. It's not far away. Yeah. No. So it is coming out in the middle of the year. I can say that in Australia and New Zealand. I hope to have more news for international uh, peeps soon, soon. Mm -hmm. uh, but I don't have anything to say on it right now, but yeah, I am going to share the cover over on Instagram. Mm -hmm. So much has changed in the releasing a book world since slow came out. It's really interesting four years apart. So a lot has changed. And so you do a book cover reveal now. Yeah. Okay. You on do. Instagram. Yeah. And your Instagram is my name, Brooke McCallery. Yeah. So I will be doing that. In the next, depending on when this comes out, but it will be in March. So if you don't follow me, go over, check it out, and I will be revealing it there. And then at the same time, I guess we can also, you know, tell you where to pre-order it and all that kind of stuff. So the book is done. It is getting printed at the moment. I'm working on some really exciting things that will um, go along with the production of a book, like, you know, offsetting the carbon footprint of producing a book and some other kind of programs that I'm really excited about. But mm. Yeah, don't have any final details on yet. What's happening with you? This has all been very me 
Yeah, as you mentioned, since, yeah, I mean, COVID hit and destroyed basically half my revenue. Overnight. My business overnight. So had to find ways and different ways, pivot, if you like, Mm -hmm. into different areas. Uh, Tilt, I should have said. Oh, nice. And worked hard on a few different things. And I'm doing a lot more podcasting. I really, really love it. It's been a passion project for so long. I think I got into podcasting before it was called podcasting. You did. You know, 20 years ago. So it's really nice to to do more of that because podcasting has exploded. Every company, every organization, every brand wants a podcast. And, you know, I've been telling stories through other means for my career and it's just nice to be able to do, basically transfer those skills, those communication PR skills over to to the podcasting world and it's a more diverse sort of way of working and I'm working with a really great bloke who I've been friends with for quite some time and we, um, you know, we just really work well together, which is nice because I've worked for five years just by myself. So it's really nice to work with with sort of other people as well, other creatives and collaborating. So that's been really nice, particularly in the time of COVID. Yeah. But still you know, very much remote work, slowly getting back into offices and having face-to-face meetings, which has been really interesting. So that's professionally. I mean, on family front, it's been all about just trying to support you during this really tough time. And then also go through some mental challenges of my own, which I think are based all on the fact that I hit a milestone birthday this year. So it's trying to, I think, just put in and, and develop some really nice habits to ensure that 40 isn't the year of living dangerously. (laughs) What have you done to, so you kind of just touched briefly on the fact that your mental health uh, took a real nosedive as well in 2020. Mm. What have you done to help improve that? Yeah, so I've, for the first time in my life, gone and spoken to a professional, an expert, a psychologist, and... Um, I've had a few sessions. I did it for a couple of reasons. First of all, just to understand the process of it, to be able to help you Mm -hmm. as well and try to understand what it is to talk to someone about your, how you're feeling and your emotions and your whatever. Someone unattached. Unattached. Yeah. That has no, that doesn't judge or not even judge, but doesn't, doesn't, um, it's so weird. They don't really talk. <laughs> you were like, what's the ratio of you talking well, to them? Well, they do. They just ask questions. Yeah, I said to you the first time I went, I was like, so what's the ratio? You know, are you talking... 50-50, and I think I laughed. Like, yeah. She's like, I think the first session was like 95, mm. 5%. And I, I found that really intimidating. I was like, so I'm going to have to talk for an hour nonstop. But it's fine when you do it, but... Just thinking about talking for non-stop for an hour mm-hmm. makes me feel really anxious, actually. It was a good experience and I want to explore it more, maybe with someone else, but yeah. I've gotten a lot out of it so far. And it's just, I just, I really like the process of it. Yeah. Of just being able to talk to someone who's not going to judge you verbally. <laughs> <laughs> not like, not like me. No, no. Just, I know exactly you know, what you mean. Like just have no... It's, it's judgment a safe or place. No. You yeah. can share whatever. You can yeah. just say whatever. Yeah. And I think we're fortunate that we both had that experience to differing levels. 
Um, and it's weird when I go in to talk about a particular topic, I don't ever talk about that topic. I, I'm there just talking about something completely different, right. which is so weird. It's all, I feel like it's almost like a cleansing experience. Like it's just blah. Mm. You know, you're just sort of shedding your skin, shedding Layers. shit. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. And that's, um, I mean, that's been good. The couple of sessions that I've gone and like I said, I probably will explore it further with someone else. Yeah. Mm. You're also focusing on, like you said, feeling well and yeah. aging well in your fitness. And fitness, fitness is now, I just trying to just move a lot more. Mm. I had an experience back in October last year where I was doing some pretty repetitive yard work and it was like moving big mm. logs and throwing them around the yard and like just really like for at like and just heavy, getting exhausted you know and like lifting yeah and same movement over and over again and the next day I woke up and I couldn't get out of bed I had, I had to like roll out and I hit the floor and I'm like oh my back had, and hips had seized up and that pain didn't go away and it got worse and worse and worse so I found myself in in um emergency mm-hmm. and that's terrible experience just being just having that debilitating pain and I've never experienced it before and people were saying it's sciatica and all the rest of it (laughs) yeah but it was issues with my back now that I'm going to have to live with and I have to strengthen other parts of my body to be able to you know counteract that aging process and that's what it's been it's just been trying to fundamentally feel well Mm. and solid Mm. yeah because I think you and I have both approached like health goals before through very different lenses than that it's always been i want to lose weight or i want to get ripped or i want to you know and that's all external you know very rarely would i approach a health goal with the thought i would like to feel well what can i do to help me feel stronger in myself not in muscle not in you know distance that i can run or anything like that it's like how do i feel Mm. And I think that that has been the key for both of us. It's just, it's a very small, very powerful shift to have made, I feel like. So I guess what people want to know is what's the future of the Slow Home podcast? And also what's the future, what does the future hold for, for you and what you're doing? Well, I mean, I think my learned response would be that who knows? Yes, (laughs) because really, who who does know? But there are things that I'm working on and it's, they're exciting. Yeah, I think I just have that, um, that beat before I say that I'm excited because I'm still very cautious. Uh, but there will be a continuation of the podcast. We can definitely say that. And I guess this episode puts a ribbon on the end of last season. Yeah, <laughs> natural. Know? Just completely natural. Yeah, like to, just nine months after the fact. It's fine. End of season six. Thank you for listening. But we will be putting together another season. I think the seasons might look a little bit different moving forward. I don't know. I don't want to commit to too much um, ahead of time. But April will be back with a season of the podcast. And I can say that with certainty. (laughs) No, I can't. I can't say anything with certainty. But I can say that with a commitment to make it happen. Um, You know, and I'm really excited with the the guests that I am approaching and, and lining up. I think there will be some version of a book tour mm. middle of the year and beyond Australian Obviously, book tour yes at this mm-hmm. stage and that is all COVID yeah you know 
dependent. So that's something I'm talking about with my publishers at the moment. And that's really exciting. The idea of, of getting out and having face-to-face events and meeting people, meeting people is really exciting. Uh, and what then, I love and, and dream about most nights is like the book, like the tours that we did mm. during slow, like both Australia and Canada and the, States, the US, yeah. like the amount of conversations we have over the dinner table about, oh, remember this time we were in like Bend, Oregon, and we would, went to this park and it was near the river and the kids play, like the kids have these stories, like yeah. it's a, a, a t- it, you know, we were so blessed to be able to do that and I wouldn't change that for anything in the world. In fact, I would love to do it one day again. Mm-hmm. And I think we feel doubly grateful given the fact that, you know, exactly. we can't go That's anywhere. exactly right. We, yeah. Our borders are shut and they've been shut for a year. So, yeah, that's that's on the horizon in some nebulous form at this point. And I'm also working on uh, refreshing my website after six years. I was going to say more than that. The the website itself is like 10 years old, but the current design, I think, is about six years old. So I'm moving on up into this decade with the new design that will hopefully be going out in the next couple of weeks. And at home, I think we're heading into autumn, which I love. I love this time of year so much. The days are getting shorter and the mornings are cool and um you know but the, we're still kind of heading off to the beach and that sort of stuff uh we're really working on our veggie garden mm-hmm. which we did work on last year and then you know last year happened and everything got overgrown so you know, veggie garden 2.0 3.0 no. 4.0 yeah yeah a couple of quick questions to round things out what are you reading right now I'm reading uh, Obama's autobiography. Mm-hmm. Don't know what it's called. The Promised Land. There we go. Are that you I enjoying got... it? Yeah, I love it. It's great. Puts me to sleep. Oh. No, <laughs> as in like it's my relaxing book. Like I, I can hear, look, I can hear his voice when I'm <laughs> yeah. reading the words. Yep. And if no one's going to put you to sleep. He has a very lovely like, voice. He's just lo- like, so I, and I'm reading it really slowly because I don't want it to finish. That's always nice. Because you know what happens when he he ends yeah. his presidency. Yeah, we do. We do. What are you reading? I'm reading uh, the second um, Morrigan Crow book from Jessica Townsend. So I'm reading Wondersmith at the moment. I've read the first one, which the name is escaping me right this very second. Um, and Isla read it. So she and I are basically sharing books at the moment. <laughs> And I have just finished Philip Pullman's His Dark Materials, which was awesome. I put a shout out, um, a call out on Instagram a few weeks ago for middle grade book recommendations. <laughs> you did. I did. You got so I many. I got so many. You guys yeah. know your books. Like it, yeah. is, it was such a delight. I've actually saved it all as a highlight on my stories on Instagram. If you are ever looking for a book recommendation, they're almost all middle grade fantasy-ish or magical realism. Um, which is my jam. Haven't, funnily enough, haven't read any apocalyptic books in the last year, and really happy with that choice. <laughs> good, good choice. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's kind of where my reading pile is geared towards at the moment. What are you listening to at the moment? Oh, I'm listening to Armchair Expert, Tax Shepherd's podcast. I really like it. When it first came out, I liked it, and then I wanted to not like it. Because I'm like, there's enough Hollywood actors interviewing Hollywood actors kind of podcasts. What makes it good? He's incredibly honest. 
I really like that he's honest and messy and he owns it um, and he's not dramatic about it. He's just like, yeah, this is me. Um, I mean, I, I won't lie. I also really love Kristen Bell. So what you're going to say, Dax Shepard? <laughs> I mean, I do, but like, I really love Kristen Bell. I think she's just amazing um, and warm and again, vulnerable and honest and authentic as much as anyone can be on social media and podcasts and stuff. Uh, but he asks good questions and the episodes of his show that I like the most, with the exception of Amy Poehler one, which I just loved because I love her, the ones that I really enjoy are when he interviews someone who I haven't heard of before, not usually an actor, um, you know, author or an expert. He calls it experts on experts. I'm finding it really enjoyable. I love his relationship with Monica Padman, his co-host, and how, uh, you know, he went through, a, he's a recovering addict and he went through a relapse last year and he shared that with people as he had processed it and uh i i don't know i just find messy honest authentic people really attractive like i love listening to that and he draws that out in people no wonder you married me um (laughs) well yeah (laughs) i'm listening to podcasts that i'm editing okay and recorded Mm mm-hmm a lot of listening to podcasts. How do you go in editing your own voice? Well, Does that bother you? The vast majority, I'm not presenting. Like there are a few are, where yeah. I'm presenting and I'm hosting. I just feel like you head, you edit harder on yourself. Mm-hmm. Like this episode, I will edit harder on myself, but you just get used to it. So that's a lot of, when I'm sort of working out, I'm listening to punk Huh. Old school punk nineties, just loving it because I went through because I hadn't really like work worked out in ages, and I'm trying to find. I think I spoke to you. I was like, I'm trying to find the right music, and I went to like gym remixes, and I'm like, Ugh. cannot stand that. Went into thrash metal and like, beat, and I was like, oh, not quite there. Anyway, so I just went back to music that I enjoyed when I was like a teenager, yeah. and for whatever reason, that teenage angst really works. Gets the testosterone pumping. It does, yeah. <laughs> Really Next thing I know, you'll have an eyebrow ring again and you'll bleach your hair. Probably. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Last question. What are you watching? Well, that's a bit of a sticky question because we've watched a lot, but we're in a real rut. Like we've just come off watching The Great Pottery Throwdown, which is the most delightful gem of television, second only to The Great British Bake Off. Uh, so we're really going for comfort here. Oh, those comfort shows. Yeah. Uh, I rewatched the making of Frozen 2 documentary series again for comfort's sake. We watched Ricky Gervais's, um, Afterlife. Brilliant. Which I really did enjoy. I did not think that I would. Mm. I am a bit hit and miss with Ricky Gervais, but it was. He can write characters like he can. The, those characters no could, could mm. walk straight off the screen. Yeah. Um, it had you told me that I would enjoy it based on like the trailer, I wouldn't have believed you. It's about depression and um, grief and loss and loneliness and it's funny. Mm. Like it's funny, really laugh out loud, funny and sob, cry, sad. You know. Yeah. I lost the ability to speak for a minute. Oh, because you were crying. I was overwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah, so now we're in a bit of a rut, I've got to say. Yeah, so any recommendations for shows for us to watch, that will be fantastic. I'm very much looking forward to Handmaid's Tale coming out in April. That's end of... Oh, is that April, is it? I think so. End of March is the next uh, Great British Bake Off, so we'll be into that. Uh, 
You? Yeah, well, you sit next to me when we watch these shows. So. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, the only show that I'm watching not with you is um, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, I know. Well, you see, you started that when you were sick and then it was like you were two seasons in and I can't jump in on that. I know. It makes me a bit sad. Yes, yeah, so I'm cheating with, on you with that. Um, committing serial infidelity. Yeah, which you did with... You do with a lot of shows too. I do. Yeah. yeah. But that's probably more because I'm not interested in them. But anyway. <clears throat> Bridgerton. <laughs> exactly. Wanted to finish just thanking everyone for their kind words over the last nine months. Yeah. The amount of people that reached out to you on social media, wishing you well, wanting you back. Yeah. But not acknowledging that you need to be in the right, in the right place, which I think you are now. I think I am. Yeah. I think, you know, I'm a... I'm uncomfortable enough to know that this is a good expansion back into, you know, something that I enjoy. But yeah, I I agree. I I, I had so many messages from people and comments from people uh, asking if I was okay, asking if we were okay, uh, just saying you're thinking of me, saying you missed the podcast, but please take your time. Um, one thing that I will say, if you have emailed me on the email address that is like connected to Instagram. That is one place that I really have yet to dig back into. So it is not um, – please don't take it personally. I found email and messages and, like, communication like that really overwhelming all of last year. Yeah, you've only really back on Instagram the last month or so. Please know that I feel that and I've felt everyone's good wishes and kind wishes and I appreciate them so much. And that is why we're here doing this right now. But, yeah, I, I'm – Finding my feet. So thank you for uh, being here with us and listening and getting it. Mm. It's so, I can't overstate how powerful it is to know that there are people who who get where I'm coming from, where we're coming from. Yeah, It's yeah. such a, an important feeling, you know, that sense of belonging. And I feel like we've got it. We got it. We got it. We got it, baby. So April, we'll be back in your ear holes with a full season that will look like something. <laughs> I'm trying to be as vague as possible. I know. You know what we're getting rid of, and apologies for those that have fondness over it, but the, the music at the start of... Time for a... Slow Home. I think this is probably the last episode with that music, yeah. so... Why don't you play it out in full... Yeah, enjoy it. All right. Thank you, guys. We will speak to you soon. Who is that? Hi, Puck Pass.